Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, dear friends. Welcome to another edition of Jesus is the Answer with Kathy Ekakundenjingum. I am an ambassador of Christ Jesus and I am your host. You are welcome. Good evening. So how are you doing? Hope you are fine. Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy and protection. We thank you, Yahweh. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to come into your presence to worship you and to glorify your holy name. Father, take over me, take over this service. Father, speak through me, Lord. You should be heard and be seen and not me. I soak myself and all the equipment that I'm using into your precious blood, blood of Jesus. Bless this service, Father. Bless your children and take all the glory when you are done. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen and amen. So how are you doing? It's Monday and I have a message. I'll be very quick. I'm not going to be here for too long. Yesterday I was not online. If you are following me on Facebook, you will know I shared the flyer. My apostle was in town. I'm not really in my city. In a nearby city, uh, the venue from my home to the venue is approximately two hours. She was in Cologne in Germany for a Holy Ghost Encounter World Tour. She's doing a world tour and she's flying. I think she's left already for Australia tonight. Um, she just left Cyprus, came to Germany, now Australia. Australia, I think she'll be going to Kenya, then Nigeria, and a whole lot of other countries. So that's why I wasn't, uh, I didn't preach yesterday. I had to attend it, right? It was for two days, Saturday and Sunday. And uh, we thank God. God moved mightily. God moved. He delivered people. He restored people. He blessed us. We were anointed. Like, it was so amazing. If you have the opportunity to attend any of these programs, do attend them. Do attend them. God is so amazing. So, today, on my way to the city, because I took a two days holidays because of the program, I didn't want to miss anything. Friday and today, Sunday, and today Monday, I didn't go to work because we came back at about almost 4 a.m. So tell me now, how can I go to work? How can I work? I was so tired and sleepy. So I knew it was going to be like that because I really wanted to spend time, see how, you know, be to the end of the program, not attend a program and rushing probably three or four hours to the close of the service, you're like, oh, I have to go because tomorrow I have to work. So I took my holidays and I left these two days free that in case she's having a program anytime soon, I should be able to go, right? Yeah, so that's what happened. And um, I've been refilled. I've been refilled. I've been restored. Like God moved so mightily. God is amazing. I've been hearing God on another level, on another level. And that's the main reason why I'm here this evening. I had a message today while I was going to the city to do um, some grocery shopping. I heard God clearly. He said, John 3.16. I was in the tram and I was praying. And before you know, I heard John 3.16. <sighs> Excuse me. I heard John 3.16 and then the scripture came to my mind for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son activation so let me read it that for this is how God loves the world 
He gives his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Amen. Anyone who believes in Jesus, you will not perish but you have eternal life. And then he told me, he said, Jesus coming is sooner than we think. That's what I heard. I'm putting it the way I heard it. That Jesus coming is sooner than we think. His coming is this close. We don't even know how close his coming is. So if you have not repented, repent. Accept Christ Jesus. Make him your personal Lord and Savior. So that you will not miss heaven. So you will miss heaven. Because he is coming. If you die right now, can you say with all boldness and confidence that you are making heaven? How is your relationship with God? How is your relationship? Search yourself. Make peace with him. Live a holy life. And if you repent, guard your repentance with all jealousy. Listen, every other message that they preach out there, right? It's not like they are not important. It's not like we don't need them. They are, but listen, this is the main deal. Even from the time of John the Baptist, he has been preaching repentance. Because if they preach any other message to you before this one, they are not doing you any good. Imagine somebody preaches a message, tells you how, oh, when you get married, you know, you have to be home, you have to submit. Yeah, that's what they always always say. Eh? You have to submit. You have to you husband, you have to love your wife like Christ loved the church. You wife, you have to submit. Or they start to prophesy, Oh, in five years, I seen you doing this, I seen you go places, I see this and that, and then you leave that place. Wherever they are doing the evangelism to you, probably somebody called you on phone, or somebody meets you on the way and they are evangelizing to you or you know, in the church. And after the service, you say, oh, thank you. I received the prophecy and I'll be a good wife. I will submit. I'll be a good husband. I will love my wife. And you are going and you have an accident and you die. And you've not repented. Where do you think you're going to? Where do you think you will go to? Where? You're definitely not going to make heaven. So before you preach any other thing to people, make sure you preach repentance first. Lead them to Christ. Because if they preach repentance to you, they lead you to Christ. You say the salvation prayer again and you mean it and with everything. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We might sin in some little way that you might not even realize it. Probably you just say something to somebody, probably out of anger, probably because of what somebody has annoyed you and you just cheek them, you know, and you realize it and you repent. You ask God for peace, for forgiveness of your sin. And you leave. And then after that, they preach to you. They tell you about this submission. What they call it. How your wife has to be submissive. The husband has to love the wife like the church. And how um, you're going to be great in five years. Your business is going to boom. Or you're going to be a man of God. They see you tour the world doing this and doing that right. And you leave that place. You've accepted Christ. And then all these other messages are coming. And you are involved in an accident or something happened. Probably you are eating, you choke or anything. And you didn't make it. 
believe me, you are going to heaven. You will be smiling. Your corpse will be smiling because you'll be with Father in heaven. You will be with him in heaven. So repentance is the key word here this evening. Repent. Live holy for God. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Make peace with him because Jesus is coming soon. How soon? We don't know. But that's what he told me. He said Jesus coming is soonest than we think. I'm using the word I heard today. Like it's so close. People are dying every day. We hear people are dying. When you die, that is it. Some people are like waiting. Oh no, they are going to get other warning. Or probably are going to tell them the right time when Jesus is coming. They are going to sound that trumpet and say, listen, repent now. Jesus will be here tomorrow. Or by five o'clock, Jesus will be here. So you rush and go into your closet and you repent. You're fooling yourself because you will never have a message like that. A warning message like that. Other than what the servants of God are going around preaching in your congregation, at your place of work, at home, or a friend, online, everywhere people are preaching. Other than this, you will not have any other thing. If you think somebody will come out and say, listen, Jesus is coming tomorrow and this is the evidence. Even if you tell them that he's coming tomorrow, they won't believe you. So even if you come with evidence, there are still some people who will still not believe you. That, oh, for real, Jesus is here. It will dawn on them when he has come and taken the ones he wants to take with. When rapture has taken, that was people like, ah, for real, it happened? It's just Jesus going, that Jesus I'm seeing. Yes, but then it would have been too late. So don't sit there and you're waiting for, for proofs, for evidence. Show me. When is he coming? Where? Oh, they've been saying this 2,000 years ago. They've been saying this 3,000 years ago. They've been saying this. It has never happened. No. It happens and it happens daily. It happens daily. Each time someone dies, that is it. They are being judged. And there is no repentance in the grief. There is no repentance in the grief. I had this experience I've shared with you people. I had this experience on the 4th of August of 2020. I went to bed, slept, woke up, used the restroom, went back to bed. It was done already. I said, oh, let me sleep. I still have one hour before I get ready and go to work. What happened? I had a dream. I was in a room waiting to be judged. And in that room, in my mind, in that dream, it was like reality. I knew I was not making heaven. The dream started like I and my daughter were going to meet my, my boys where they were playing football with their father. And my mother came to visit me. I left my mother at home. So while we're going, from nowhere, it became so dark, cloudy, like it was about to rain. So we had to look for shelter. So I saw a house. I took her there. We went in. We got into that house. There were other people there, probably about 20 people, 19 adults, including my daughter. We are about 20 of us. So while I look out through the window, I saw a house at a heat-top. You won't see the house because it was really black, dark outside. Only when lightning would strike, 
then you will see it faintly right up at the heat top. So I stood there and I looked at it probably for some seconds. And when I turned, I realized everybody inside that house was crying. Everybody in there was crying. As they were crying, then it dawned on me that I'm in a waiting room, waiting to be judged. And I'm not making heaven. And I cannot repent. There is no way that I'm going to leave that place to come back here on earth and correct things with God. And there I can repent. I didn't see God. I didn't see Jesus. I didn't see any angel, nothing. But that was my understanding in that room. Everybody there was weeping. And my daughter in the, in the dream, she was about an, like probably eight, nine months here. She was seated in her stroller and she was just wondering what's going on. I was offered a seat. I sat on the floor weeping. And what I said in that dream was, Father, forgive me. I have forgiven all those who have hurt me. When I woke up from that dream, I had to understand that I had unforgiveness in me. Unforgiveness is what will take so many people to hell. Somebody did something 20 years ago. You are still holding it. The way we do me, hmm. I know if you ever forget to my sister be doing that, my friend be doing me. Probably that person has moved on with their life. That person has even become a born again. Like me now, if somebody is dead, Akati did something to me while we're in school or whatever. You are holding me grudge. Like you say, I will not forgive her. Me, I've asked peace. I've made up my mind to let go everyone I have hurt. I ask God to forgive me, to have mercy. The ones I can reach to. You know, the ones I know, the ones I don't know. And I've denounced Satan and his work. I've accepted Christ. Me, I'm free. So if you are there holding grudges against me, oh, Kati did this, Kati do that. That's your own wahala. That's your own problem. You see what I'm saying? So these are things that people do. They don't even know that probably that person you are getting angry, mad at that person. That person has even reconciled. That person has made peace with father. That person has known Christ and that person is living their life. You are still there living in bondage. That when you die, you will not see God because you have unforgiveness in you. I said, Father, forgive me. I have forgiven them. All those who have hurt me. I was wailing. I was crying. And one lady was seated. That was the only person among us all who was not crying. She dressed like a born-again sister. Nice, long, pleated skirt. Midway, her, her, her legs right down there beneath her knees, right down, between his ankles and his knees, the skirt were there. Well, that's the length of the skirt. He, she wore her white skirt, tucked in, low high heel, probably about eight inches or six. And she was so confident she's making heaven, she was just pacing up and down the room, praying and like probably thanking God, Father, thank you. Finally, I am here to see you. Finally, I am here to receive my reward. Finally, I am here to go into my mansion. Jesus and his father said there are many rooms. Finally, I am here. Show me my room. Yes, that's how it seems to me what she was doing. She was just peering up and down the room, very calm. And before you know it, she put a, a, a shawl on my head, some poor a muffler on my head and while she was putting it I started feeling like current was running through me and I was like this is in bullet no way I knew I was taking my last breath and that was it 
Before you know it, like current shocked me. I woke up. I was in my room on my bed, lying on my bed. I opened my eyes and I looked around and I recognized where I was. I was like, God, God gave me a chance. I've not been to hell. Some people say they have had dreams. God has shown them hell. Me, I was in a room waiting to be judged. I tasted the pain. Like, you know, you can't come out of this situation. I cried. I begged God. When I woke up from that sleep, I took my bath. I was going to walk. It was at the tram station that I made a message sent to my siblings on our WhatsApp group. I said they should ask God for the forgiveness of their sins and they should repent. I told them, I said, probably they must have heard messages like this. Somebody said, oh, I had this encounter. I went to hell or they died and Jesus sent them back or they saw this. I said, you might have heard things like this and you didn't take them serious. I think probably they are faking, but this is me, your sister. I can't lie, I can't joke. I have a book, My Experience with Jesus. It's written in that book. It's right there. There is no repentance in the grief. Now that you are here, make use of this opportunity. Time is running out. Repent. Ask God to forgive you and make peace with him. And when you do, stay holy. Stay faithful to Christ. Hell is not where we want to be. I've never seen a vision of it. I don't even wish to see it. But I was in the waiting room where God, they had, it's like they had to come and call next and you go and God opened your file and say, okay, you, this is it, this is it. You go here, you go here. And in that room were 19 adults, one kid or one child or a toddler. Out of the 19 adults, only one was saved. And God told me, that that one, that is a percentage of people who make heaven. That's the understanding I began to have. Don't you want to be among those who make heaven? That when you die, they are not putting you into any waiting room to show you. Because that waiting room was like, see, I didn't just say, go depart from me. This is what you did. Your life will flash before you. Don't you want to be among those 1% that will just come and Father will just open the gate and say, well done, welcome, my good and faithful servant. Welcome, my daughter. You, presented, you represented me well. You did so good. Don't you want to be among them? He loves us so much. That's why he sent his servants. They are speaking. They are out there every day asking people to repent. From the time of John the Baptist, Asking people, repent, repent, repent. Because he doesn't want us to perish. He gave us his only begotten son. His son became a ransom to rescue you and I. His blood that he shed on the cross washed away our sin. Only if we confess him and accept him as our personal Lord and Savior. 
That's all it takes. You don't need to do anything other than a sincere repentance. God is looking for people who will come before him. Like you acknowledge, you don't blame anybody. You acknowledge, Father, I have sinned. I am sorry. Forgive me. I want to make it right. I want to live a life pleasing to you and you alone. Forgive me, Father. Help me. Father is looking for people who will come to him with a heart of true repentance and repent. He's looking for people like that. Each time we sin, it grieves him because he knows that the wages of sin is dead and anything can happen. And he's going to lose you. He will be the one to lose. Why the enemy keep populating hell? Heaven. The population there is few. The population there is not much. I was in this room. Out of 19 people, only one person was not crying. Only one was so confident that they're going to meet God. Only one person. God loves us so much. He doesn't want us to perish. Let us repent today. Accept him. Accept Jesus. Make him our personal Lord and Savior. So take a minute. Ask God to forgive you of your sins. And if you are ready, I will lead you to Christ. Even if you've said the salvation prayer before. Something might have happened. Just seize this opportunity and say it again. Ask Father to forgive you of your sin. So I believe that you've asked God to forgive you of your sins. So I will lead you to Christ. You repeat after me. Say, Father Lord, I come into your presence as a sinner. Please forgive me. I did not know any better. I promise not to go back to my old ways. I believe that Jesus Christ came and died for me on the cross of Calvary. So that my sins can be wiped away. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. Be the Lord over my life. I promise to serve you forever and ever. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Put your hand on your chest. Say, I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Congratulations. Welcome to the kingdom of Christ. Go and sin no more. Study the word. Read your Bible. Stay holy. 
listen to the messages, pray, fast, live a holy life. I might come here and preach. If you don't do these things, it's of no use. Or you say the salvation prayer and the next minute you are fornicating. The next minute you are stealing. The next minute you are telling lies. You are doing some things. You have to help yourself. When, the, when that, that zeal comes for you to do those things or the desire for you to do them, fight it out. Jesus, we should call upon him. He will help us. Call upon him. If it's masturbation, you say, no, I won't do it. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Jesus, help me. He will help you. Stay away from certain environments that attract things that you know will lead you to sin. If you have repented, I don't say you will not make friends, you will not mix, but then be careful the type of friends you make, the type of places you go, the type of music you listen to, the type of things you watch. Yes. Friends, I'm not a man of God, I'm not a woman of God. You can't live your life anyhow. Know that the day you confess Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you have declared war between the kingdom of light and that of darkness. So they are fighting. They want you by all cause. Just like Jesus said, if you kick out the demon, right, and you don't guard yourself, they'll go and bring seven stronger ones. Because now they are angry. This is not to put fear in you, but to let you know that you have to live holy. Do your best and leave the rest for God. And even if you find yourself doing something unconsciously, ask God to forgive you. Repent immediately. Don't stay in that guilt. Don't say, oh, I did this, I did that. Don't start blaming yourself. Ask him to forgive you. Make peace with him again. Okay? You are blessed. Your week is blessed. Go out, spread love, share love. Until we meet again, remain in God's presence. Remain in God's presence. I love you all, the love of God.